0: Hi, I'm Homer Hargrove, and I'm the pastor of Grave Top Church. I hope that today's message inspires you and that connecting with our church family today truly makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. So before anything, I want to thank the pastors for allowing me or letting me share the Word of God with you guys, and I'm super excited. So if you guys all together, we can close our eyes and bow our heads we can pray for the Word today. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be here, Lord, to share your word. And I just pray for all the individuals that are here. I pray that this word will be fulfilling in their hearts, Lord, and that they will be able to take it home wherever they go and to understand that how good you are and how great you are. I thank you for each and every person that has came here to your house, Lord. And I thank you for those that are watching online. And I praise you and declare it all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So the the title of my sermon is "You Are Capable." I think this is um, one of the main things that have been going this whole month for me is that you are capable. Um, just a little bit about what um, what happened here that I'm sharing with you guys is Pastor Homer asked me if I can preach for you guys, and I was like, "Uh, no, I don't think I can do it. I am not the type to do public speaking. I'm not the type to to just." go and go off and talk to y'all and um, he's like okay just pray I'll pray with you and then next Sunday I'll ask you again I was like okay okay that sounds even better <laughs> and so I like in the time that I was praying the Lord kept reminding me that you are capable like he has a plan and he has a purpose for me here in this church in this world to be able to go and preach his gospel And so next Sunday, when he asked me again, I was like, yes, I am more willing than ever to share the word of God and to tell y'all how much, you know, God loves you. So the topic uh, of this sermon is going to be about Moses. I don't know if you guys know the story of Moses. If you guys don't know that's that's good because I have, I get more time to talk about you guys, about Moses. (laughs) So... If you guys can open up your guys' Bibles to Exodus 3, 4. Usually I would have the slides, but I, I slacked a little on that. <laughs> so Exodus 3, 4, if you guys have your Bible or your phones as well, your Bible apps. And we're going to go into the story of Moses. So the story of Moses starts off with the burning bush. Exodus 3, 4 says, uh, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and here, and he said, here I am. First of all, you see this bush that is burning. Usually when you see something burning, you see it being consumed. You see it just being destroyed. And Moses sees this bush and he's just like, uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no fire going on and there's just this simple bush burning and it's not being consumed. He was like little bit spectacle. He was like that is a little weird. And um he was going to turn around and that's li- what verse said. Verse 4 says, when the Lord saw him and turned aside, God called him, Moses, Moses, and he said, "Here I am." Moses right there and then he knew that that was the Lord. That's that's the only reason how it would happen that this bush was be burning. And he's like, only God can. So we continue. God speaks to him through this bush. And this is what God had in store for him. This is the plan. So we can go to Exodus 3, 16 through 22. This is going to be like uh, the story of Moses. And you know how you watch a movie and you kind of like, fast forward a little bit to like get the the good stuff and like in between there's like you know just people talking yada yada you just kind of fast forward it that's kind of what we're going to do in the story of Moses so verse 16 it says um, this is what the plan the plan that God had for Moses go and gather the elders of Israel today and say to them the Lord the God of your father the God of Abraham of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying I have observed you and what has What what has been done to you in Egypt? And I promise you that I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the promised land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now please let us go on a three-day journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And here's where like God knew that this was going to happen. Verse 19 says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless with the compelled by a mighty hand. And here's the plan. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go... You shall not go empty, but each woman—this is this is this is a weird part—verse uh, twenty-two. But each woman shall ask her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and clothes. You shall put them on your sons and daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. That is—that's what the Lord called Moses to do—to liberate the Israelites from the land of Egypt, because. Um, they've been living in Egypt, they've been living as slaves, and the Lord has heard them cry, and he sends Moses to go liberate them. So I put myself in, in Moses' shoes, and I think to myself, Lord, you want me to go. Tell the, the, the king of Egypt, let these people go, or else like there's going to be bad things that are going to happen. And if the and once that happens, you want me to tell your people to go and tell the, the their their neighbors for gold, silver, and clothes. That just that just sounds crazy. That just that sounds bonkers. So um, as we, as we see that that this is happening, my first point here is that we might feel like we're not qualified. We might feel like this is this is not for me. That God, you you have messed it up. That's not me. I'm not going to do that. So fast forwarding now to Exodus 4. This is what Moses, this is, this is why he felt like he was not qualified. Moses said, but behold, they will not believe me and listen to my voice. And they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Like, like I mentioned, he's like, they're not going to believe me. I'm not, I don't know how you want me to do this. The Lord said to him, this is what he tells him. He gives him the tools. The Lord said to him, what is in your hands? He said, a staff. A staff is like, a, like what they used in the ancient times, like to walk, to help them walk. And it's just like a piece of wood. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by its tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac has appeared to you. Again, oh, that, that's where that verse ends. So the Lord said, okay, they're not going to believe you. I'm going to give you this sign. You just throw your, your staff. It's going to turn into a serpent. Catch it by its tail. Turn back into a staff. And how many of us can be stubborn? I I testify that I can be stubborn most of the times. Moses but another excuse. We go down to verse 10 and says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servants, but I am s- slow of speech and tongue. He's like, after after he said, They're not going to believe me. God gave him the tools. He's like, But God, I can't speak. I can't. I can't. I'm slow to tongue. I, I can't speak. The Lord is like, the Lord said to him, continuing on verse 11, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes them mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Like he tells him, like, I, I am your creator. I made man's mouth. And you say that you're slow to speech and you don't believe in me. You don't trust me. Now, and he continues to say, the Lord says, Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall speak. He says, okay, I'll teach you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got you. But then again, Moses says again, oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. Like, he's like, no, I can't do it. He, the Lord has kept showing him that after, after the excuse, he's like, okay, I got you. No, I can't do it. I got you. Oh, Lord, send somebody else. Here's where he's like, I got you. Don't worry. Verse 14 says, then the anger of the Lord was kindly against Moses, and he said, Is, there not a, is, that, is that not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming and out to meet you, and then when he sees you, he will be glad in heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I'll put, and I'll put with you your mouth, and with this mouth will teach both of, both of you guys what to do. And he shall speak for you to the people and you shall be your mouth and you shall be as the as God to him and take in your hand with the staff in which you shall do signs. This is where um, God continues to show us that um, stop putting excuses. <laughs> I have called you. You are chosen. I want you to go and and to, to liberate my people from from Egypt. We need to stop making excuses. And this broke me as i'm doing this sermon i'm like lord you you are speaking to me i was like i know this is for your people but i'm like being spoken through the word and a little bit about what happened like i said um pastor homer was telling me like you can do it like you you i'll help you well. if you need help like we can do it together uh, you need prayer i'll pray with you and i kept making excuses and excuses and even to myself with the lord i was like lord i don't know I don't know what you have for me. I don't know why you have called me here. I don't know why you have even wanted me here. And so Thanksgiving, I wasn't um, i wasn't here, unfortunately. I was in Colorado. And I went on a, a youth trip. I went on a youth convention. They're usually during this time. And I went without expecting anything. I was going to go see my family, see my church family there. And I was just kind of like, yeah, like super pumped to be able to see everybody again. And... Um, it was crazy because the pastors are like, okay, now that you're here, I need you to do this, 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 and this, and this, and that. I was like, okay. I left San Antonio <laughs> to not be put into anything, but here I am again, and pastors are like, okay, I need you to do this, do that, do this. I was like, okay, 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 I will do it, I will do it. And so as I'm doing their tasks, uh, as I'm doing what they're asking me to do, um, they ask for the leaders to pray for the youth. And I was like, Lord, I cannot, I, I can pray for people. I can tell them, you know, like, you know, Jesus loves you and everything. But as I'm praying, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm a step back. I need you to, I need you to let your Holy Spirit lead me to be able to pray for these youth. These, I don't know if you guys know, gen- Generation Z is, uh, needs Jesus, needs God. <laughs> and so um, I was like, Lord, let your spirit through me, like use me to be able to, teach and talk to these, pour into these youth that really need to focus on what, what is happening in this world. And so uh, as I'm praying, ask us to go pray for them. So as I'm praying and and I'm pouring into them, I feel the Holy Spirit just guiding me and um, just praying for these youth. And I see youth being broken down and into tears and, and I see them that they're receptive and that they're wanting more of Jesus, that they're on fire for God. But They have so much holding on to them, and as I'm praying for them, they're they're lifting up their hands. And these youth, I've I've seen them grow up. I've seen them how they're the little emo phases. They're they're not wanting to go to church, and now I see them that they're lifting up their hands and wanting more of God. And they're they're praising the Lord with all that their heart and all their mind. And uh, um, after that, after I came back and I was able to reflect, I was like, okay, Lord, like you are using me. I am. I am your chosen one, and we all are our chosen ones. Like God has a purpose for each and one of you guys. For me, it's for the youth. For me, it's to go and tell the, the generation that is now to, to go and tell others about Jesus. And so the Lord really showed me that you are capable only if you're willing. And that is my second point. Be willing. We can go to Exodus 4.29. And we'll continue the story of Moses. Like I said, we're gonna look fast forward <laughs> a little bit to to Moses' story. So after um, God has called Moses to go and and tell others um, to tell to liberate the Israelites from Egypt, he's like, okay, I'm going. So Moses and Aaron, um, Aaron's his brother, went to gather together all the elders to uh, of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord has spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed, and when they heard of the Lord has visited the people of Israel, and that it had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. That was the outcome of Moses' obedience. He was able to go and do do what the Lord um, called him to do, and... And the outcome was that the people believed in him and they worshiped and they bowed to the Lord because they knew that that was God. So now the second part of the, his plan was to go in, to the king, to go to the king of Egypt, to release the Isra- Israelites. And like God already said, God already mentioned before that he won't let you. He was gonna be, his heart is going to be hardened and it's going to be hard, but it's it's not going to be until with a mighty hand. So he goes and he tells them. That to liberate his people, so he goes before the pharaoh, and if we go on to verse uh, Exodus seven, verse fourteen, we're gonna see the nine plagues. These are the nine things, the wonders that God was talking about to strike onto Egypt, and the first one, um, verse fourteen, is turning the blood, turning water into blood. So verse 14, just a little bit of, so you guys have a, like an image on like these wonders that are happening. The Lord said to Moses, um, to the Pharaoh, and his heart was hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he's going out to the water. Stand on the bank of the Nile to meet him. And take out your hand, hand the staff and they turn, that turned into a serpent, and you shall say to, the, to him, the Lord the God of Hebrews sent me to say let my people go that they may so- serve me in the wilderness but so far you have not obeyed thus says the Lord by this you shall know that I am the Lord behold with the staff that is in my hand I will strike the water that is the Nile and it shall turn into blood the fish in the Nile shall shall die and the Nile will stink, and the Egyptians will go weary and drinking the water from the Nile. So that was the first, the first plague, turning the water into blood. He's like, okay, you didn't. We came to you nicely. <laughs> we want to tell you from the good. Now we're gonna tell you for the bad. Now. So he struck the, the 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 Nile River to turn into blood, and the de- it was stinky. The deads, the dead fish were everywhere, and you would have thought you know, the Pharaoh was like, okay, 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 you know, I'll I'll let your people go, I'll let your people go, but he didn't. He, instead, he sends the magicians, anybody who does magic, to do the same, to prove that the Lord God didn't do that, that anybody can do it, anybody with magic can do it, so he sends the mag- magicians, and the magicians turned the water into blood with their secret magic stuff. I don't know how magicians do it, but <laughs> the, with their secret magic, and the Pharaoh was like, see, this is what happens. Like, they can do it also. And so Moses was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just leave the Nile like that then if you don't want to obey. He's like, okay, okay, you know what? I'll let your people go. Uh, I'll let your people go if you let if you turn it back to water. So then he struck it and he went turned back to water and he did not obey. He didn't listen. His heart was even more hardened. He didn't believe it. So the next plague was frogs. And this is Exodus 8. Exodus 8, verse 3. And it says, Um The Lord said to, said to Moses, Go into the Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, let my people go, and they will may, that they may serve me. But if they refuse to let them go, behold, I will plague all your country with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs and they shall come up into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed, into the house of your servants and your people and into the ovens and the kneading bowls. So imagine like a whole bunch of frogs like in your house, like just jumping around. And that's crazy. I don't know how people live like this, but um, they send another plague. And again, the Pharaoh says, send me the magician. Send me all those that do the, the magic stuff. To, to prove to him that they can do frogs. So they did, again, with their sorcery, I don't know how they do it, um, to bring the the frogs again. And so he's like, see, this is what, this is what, they can do it also. And he's like, okay, fine. If you don't, if you let, let take away the frogs, like we're done, we're tired of them. Take the frogs away and um, we'll let your people go. So he's like, okay. They The next morning, um, the frogs are gone, they're dead, and um, the pharaoh says no. He did not listen, his heart was hardened again. So this happens through the whole, all of the nine months. So I'll go through them quickly. He did a swarm of lice. Lice, imagine a whole bunch of little bugs on you. Ugh, just even think about it. <laughs> I'm a little, kick chills. Lice, A uh, swarm of flies. Um, the Egyptians' um, livestock were dead, like he sent just to, to kill all the livestock. They just died. Um, boils, boils is a disease. Like they just come up in your, in your in your skin. So for a while they had these diseases going on in their bodies, and yet the pharaoh was like, "No, I'm still not gonna let your people go." He did a heavy hail. Um, he did a swarm of locusts. Locusts are like these. Like they look like grasshoppers, but they eat anything. Anything that is in their sight, they will eat. And then this came to the last two, the first, the second to last one was okay. I have done all the wonders, and you still have not obeyed. He's like, okay, I'm gonna tell you. This is what's gonna happen, and this is this is also another another sermon or another thing that you guys can dig into. But it is the Passover. So he tells them, I if you don't listen, then I will send the spirit of death that will kill every firstborn. And so he tells them how. To protect your home. He tells the Israelites how to protect your home where you kill a lamb. And it's, it's very specific. It's very specific on the, on the Bible. It says how it has to be a, a lamb that is a male lamb with no blemishes. Like If you read into it, you should read into it because it's very specific. And it says with the blood of the lamb, you will cover the two doorposts of your house. And that should cover you from the spirit that, um, the spirit of death. And he said it to them, and he said it to the Israelites, obviously, because that's God's people, and he, and they were threatened. And he still was like, okay, like, you, you say that the spirit of death is going to kill all the firstborn, okay, like, I'm going to be scared. And, like, if I put myself to think, like, how, are, how can this guy be so stubborn? Like, you see all these wonders happening, and yet you're not obeying to the Lord. So after that, he threatened them. The last plague was the death of the firstborn. And that's in Exodus 12, 29. And it says, At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of their livestock, their livestocks. And Pharaoh rose up in midnight, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. There were there was a great cry in Egypt, and there was not a house where someone was not dead. So that that was the last plague. He killed the firstborn and finally after nine wonders it came to death. And that's when the when Pharaoh was like, "Oh my, I can't handle this anymore." And verse t- 31 he says Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night, and he said, "Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel. Go serve the Lord as you have served. Take your flocks and your herd as you have said, and and be gone and be blessed, and also bless me." So that's crazy. Like after after the third one, after the last one, Moses um, delivers finally delivers the Israelites from Egypt. God has shown him that he can use him. So now what are we going to do about it? So now that that he has seen that that the promise, the, the thing that God has called him to do is done. Like, okay, finally, we, we liberated the Israelites. Okay, now it's time to leave. And, and he told his people to go get gold, jewelry, and they obeyed and they did all that he had done. So they're leaving. So now, what is about to Moses? Like, what is Moses gonna do now? Now, he's just gonna take him to the promised land, and after that, what's gonna happen? Like, what is he gonna do? Well, many of us um, we are encouraged, and I, as I was, and I still am, because the Lord remains um, sh- showed me last week that He continues to um, to use me. But also one thing that the Lord reminded me about last week and Thanksgiving for me is that it's not just for that night. It's not just for that moment, for that that time that I was with the youth. It's, it doesn't end there. He wants us to continue to. He wants to continue to use us, and he wants to continue to use each and one of us. Um, and this is my last point: is that we need to be committed, committed to to what the Lord has for us. So if we can open up our Bibles to Numbers, Numbers 20. Now this is fast forwarding a lot more of Moses' story. <laughs> Moses twenty. And this is how he was being committed to committed to the people of Israel. Now that they have been traveling, that they they've They've been traveling. They've been going to the promised land. Back then, they didn't have Uber or a car. <laughs> they didn't have any of that. So they had to go walking. So now that they were traveling, verse um, twenty, chapter 20, verse 2 says, Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. They, they were ignorant of what they've been deliberated from. And they went to Moses and Aaron and said, Look what you have done. Uh, We're starving. We have no food. You're making us walk miles and miles. And you just, you just, what are you going to do? Like, we're mad at you and Moses, Moses and Aaron for, for taking us out here. Three says, and the people quarreled with Moses and said, would that, would, would that he had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord? We have, why have you brought us? Uh, here the symbol of the Lord into the wilderness and we is that what that we should die here both us and our stock and why why have you made us come out of the egypt and to bring us to this evil place it is not a place of grain or of figs or of vines or pomegranates and there was no water to drink so in this moment I can imagine if you imagine yourself um People are just going against you like for example like, we're, just, we're just all going against Jake we're just bashing on him we're just like it's your fault why are we walking this far I just can't tell you um and we're just bashing on and they were just bashing on on Moses so Moses there and then he could have been like you know what I have done all that I can I liberated you guys from Egypt and you guys are going against me I'm quit I'm a quit I'm done with you guys I I'm going to go back home where I live my best life with my people. I was like, I'm going, I'm going back. But as they were, as when Moses and Aaron, verse six says, went into the, into the, went out of the presence of the assembly and the entrance into the tent of meeting. And they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take your staff, assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and to give them to drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff then before the Lord uh, as he commanded. So after that, they've been bashing on him. He's, he, he's thinking, having these thoughts of just, Okay, Lord, like they're just going against me. I don't know what you want me to do. The Lord is like, I got you. I'm, I'm gonna show you what to do. So he tells him to take the staff and, and command the rock to yield its water. So then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembled together before the rock, and he said to them, "Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water out to you out of this rock?" And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and they and their livestock. Here we show that. Even though the people were against him, were mad at him, God still used him and they, they saw the provision of it. They saw that there was, there was water for them. It can, be, it, it can be easy for us to just ignore that all that happened or just never put into effort to be able to learn or be willing to do what God has for us. But here, even though many people were against him, he still went and did what was told. And uh, I think I went a little too fast, but <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, my conclusion. It can be hard to think that we are not capable. Like I said, I, w- I was thinking that I'm not capable. I can't do this. I can't speak in front of y'all. I am, I my, my, my voice, my, my speech, um, I'm bilingual. So both Spanish and English are coming through my head. Uh, it's hard for me to, to speak. And even though we're not capable, i was willing i was willing to say okay lord use me i am here to be to speak to your people to your sons and daughters and tell them that they are capable as well that you each and one of us are capable to go and tell others about jesus it doesn't have to be where you have to go to like downtown or to go to a stranger and tell them about jesus but it even works within our families i know for a fact for me my there's a couple of people in my family that don't know Jesus, that don't know Christ. And through that, I can still speak to them about God. But I have had that, those thoughts of, no, Lord, they're gonna, they're not going to like me anymore. They're not going to think I'm cool, and they're not going to want to hang out with me. So even through our family, we can speak to them through our friends, through those co-workers that we work. We all work. We have jobs. I don't. I hope the Lord I do have a job soon. But... <laughs> <laughs> we can talk to our coworkers about Jesus but we also have to be willing we have to go and tell them about them and be committed all all the way through it doesn't mean you it does, and being committed doesn't mean that you have to be perfect it doesn't mean that you have to be this sinless person um we all sinners right? we have all sinned and we have our past and we have and we have failed and we will continue to fail But each and every day, we should try our best to do better, to learn, and to seek God more. I encourage each and one of us in this room to tell somebody somebody about what the Lord has been doing in your own life. This doesn't mean, like I said, you have to go out to the streets, but within your families. Don't let those thoughts that are in you telling you that you are not qualified, that you are not capable to do it. Um, All you have to do is to be willing to go and do it. I don't know about y'all, but that can be the hardest part. But God is greater than that than we think, and He can use us in ways that we can never, like we can't even imagine. So if we're willing and capable, and committed to what the Lord has for us, we we can go and reach those lost, those lost people that are out there. And like I said, I encourage each and one of you guys to to a friend or even between among us. And I love. Ever since I came here, I love that Pastor Homer does this feedback after because we are sharing with one another of what the Lord has been doing in our own lives and how God continues to um, use us. And so and this is the first church I've ever that they've ever had that the feedback. And I think you guys are so privileged to do that. That is that is awesome. But with that, um, I want us to um, close our eyes and bow our heads. And I will conclude with this this um, sermon. But we thank you, Lord, for for this day, for for all that you have done within within me for using me like, to be able to to preach to your to your people, Lord. And it I just pray, Lord, that this word was fulfilling to their hearts, that they will be able to take it back to their homes and into their workplaces, to to their friends, Lord, to be able to tell how amazing you are and how good you are. And I just pray, Lord, that each and one of them, they will continue to seek more of you and want more of you and be on fire for you, Lord. I thank you for all that you do, Lord. And I praise you and I declare it all in your name, Jesus. Amen. So with that, we'll sign off the live. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. If you did, there's several different ways to connect. First is by subscribing to our show, leaving a review or a comment. Second is by going to GravetopChurch.com and clicking the Get Connected tab so that we can connect with you as an individual. And third is if this ministry has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue to reach others, then you can give online by clicking the Give tab. Until next time, thank you for being a part of Gravetop Church.